Are we building to worlds collide? Yes. Are we building to take over in Portland? Yes. Are we dragging NXT UK kicking and screaming to glory along with us? Yes, but let's never forget the imminent threat of AEW. They got a boat, and a dinosaur, and an alien, and a Snake Plissken cosplay by Dean Ambrose. Yeah, I'm still going to stick with NXT. Let's talk about it. What's going on, everybody? It's your buddy, it's your pals, Pass Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check, here with your January 22nd, 2020 NXT review, and let's get the house cleaning out of the way right away. If you go back one video or one podcast, depending on where you're listening to this, you will hear all of my thoughts from this past Sunday's Destiny Carnage show here in Mississauga. It was a lot of fun. Not going to ramble on it too much here. Go back, check it out. There's highlights, there's videos, there's photos, there's my thoughts on all the matches, etc. It was it was a lot of fun. And let it not be forgotten that the first time I saw Shotzi Blackheart, who we're going to talk about later tonight, it was at a Destiny show. I really do encourage anybody in the GTA to check out their next show. I think it's March 22nd, although I could be wrong. Um... It's just really good, and I ramble for like 45 minutes, so I don't need to say anything else about it here, other than the fact that it was really, really, really good. And standing side by side with uh, Alexia, what the hell's her name? Alexia something from Impact made me feel really big, because she's really small, so go laugh at that if you want to. Second of all, and I won't say anything yet, because nothing's in the can yet, nothing's in queue yet, nothing's been recorded yet, there will be some... Royal Rumble and Worlds Collide preview material coming to you on this channel or in this podcast, depending, again, where you're listening. Um, we'll be doing some sort of a preview for Worlds Collide. We'll definitely be doing some kind of preview for the Royal Rumble. Uh, details are to be ironed out. If you're listening to this, obviously you're listening to this on Thursday. I'm probably, whatever it ends up being, I'm probably working on it right now, and it'll go out on Friday whatever it ends up being. That being said, if you're listening to me in a podcast form, you want to find me on YouTube, search Spaz Phoenix. If you're listening to me, or sorry, watching me on YouTube, you can go to Anchor FM, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Breaker, CastBox, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Spreaker, Castro, Podcast Addict, Overcast, Player.fm, and Listen Notes, and you put in Spaz Phoenix Podcast. That's where you find this podcast. That's where you can come here every single Thursday where we will talk about NXT and all the other ramblings that I tend to have. Anything else that I have usually goes up on a Friday, but that's not nearly as consistent. Come here every Thursday for your podcast. Come here on YouTube for the live reaction where we will we will chew up all the, uh, the current discussion topics of NXT in the chat. want to send a shout out to a couple of people who have been joining us in the chat. Shout out to Shell, shout out to uh, Jake DeMarco, who's been on this channel and hopefully will be again soon. Hope, shout out to the random handful of other people that have come over from the uh, JCS Army, uh, Joe Cronin Show uh, chat. It's been a lot of fun chatting up with you guys. I really, the more I do this premiere thing, the more I get into this uh, seven o'clock every Thursday time slot with you guys and more people uh, are showing up on a more consistent basis. It is a lot of fun. want to send a quick shout out to the ladies at the Pinups and Pinfalls podcast. I've stumbled upon them relatively recently. I think they're a relatively new podcast in general. If you haven't heard of them or you haven't heard them, they may be in the chat right now talking as we, as we premiere this live. I don't know. I'm trying to predict the future right now. 
I do encourage you guys. I mean, obviously, I'm going to tell you to go check out my friends like OK Fabe, Joe Cronin, um, Jake DeMarco, Good Mike Work, all those people. But all those people have names that are way bigger than me and don't need me to shout them out. I really do encourage you guys to go check out the Pinups and Pinfalls podcast. And uh, they are on YouTube. They are on other podcast forums as well. I know they're doing shit through Anchor, like I do. Um, but yeah, go check them out. They're a lot of fun. They were joining us in the chat just recently as well. Excuse me. So I've plugged everything. I've plugged everyone. I've plugged myself a bunch. Let's get into the actual show. We start off with the video package as we always do, highlighting what happened last week with the Women's Battle Royal, Swerve becoming the num one of the number one contenders for the Cruiserweight Championship. We progressed with the Dusty Cup. We had Shotzi Blackheart's moment eliminating Shayna Baszler, far superseding the uh, undeserving win by Bianca Belair. But we don't need to talk about that, really, do we? What we do need to talk about and I'm sorry, my camera is flashing at me, so I do need to check something for just a minute. Just uh, hold your applause. We were only a couple minutes into this show, and the camera was already being funny, as it likes to do. That can't be a good sign, can it? Um, going back to uh, what I was rambling about before the camera decided to take a shit on itself, we had the video package, Shotzi Blackheart taking out Shayna Baszler, which is going to factor into tonight. It ended off with a little bit of a pre-record from Imperium saying, hey, you know, you guys obviously referring to the Undisputed Era, you guys stepped onto our turf during TakeOver, we're going to step on your turf tonight. And if that doesn't set the table for Undisputed Era being kind of fucked tonight, uh, I don't know what does. We start off with the next round of the Dusty Classic, which is the which is the grizzled young veterans taking on Fish and O'Reilly from said Undisputed Era. Cole comes immediately over to commentary yelling at Mauro Ronaldo that he knows Imperium's here and he's not afraid and we're not afraid and Undisputed Era's not afraid, we're draped in gold, roddy roddy rah. And it wasn't a promo, it was just him yelling at Mauro Ronaldo, which was just different enough to stand out. Anyways, the match was what it was. I mean, the Grizzled Young Veterans, they're not as over as I'm sure a lot of people would like to be. I've seen them in NXT UK, so I know how great they are but um, as a general act. But at the same time, they have picked up the one main thing from the NXT UK show is the whole, if you hate Gibson, shoes off, and everybody waves their shoes in the air. So that's something. That's good. O'Reilly and Gibson start off the match as a caller to have some chain wrestling to follow. A lariat by Gibson, a double team by the Grizzled Young Veterans. Shoulder block by Drake, a dragon screw by O'Reilly. A face plant on the apron by Fish, followed by some knee strikes. A slingshot sent on by Fish, followed by some body shots, followed by some corner shots. A series of strikes by O'Reilly. A backdrop driver by Fish. Pump kick by Fish. A knee bar and a chop block by O'Reilly. A jawbreaker by Gibson. A crazy kicking spree by O'Reilly, because that's what he does. Step-up dropkick by Drake, which was an interesting sort of variation on the dropkick. I'll give him that. Drake, um, he, he really does get lost in the shuffle, because Fish and O'Reilly are from the Undisputed Era, and of the Grizzled Young Veterans, most people are talking about Zach Gibson, not James Drake. So he really is, he really does come off as the fourth wheel in this match, which is kind of unfortunate, because he is really good in his own right, he's just always standing right next to Zach Gibson, who's a lot better as a character, as a promo, as a as a character in the ring. I, It's kind of a bummer how much of a fourth wheel he is in this match, but a backbreaker by Drake and a side effect by Gibson, side effect from somebody not Matt Hardy, it's, 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 it's an interesting thing. Sleeper by Drake and an ankle lock, fish, exploders, suplexes, drizzled young veterans into each other. 
which is all kinds of awkward, and when things look awkward, they look more painful. It blares out on my TV screen, look how fucking awkward and painful this is. It's nice. Nebar by Fish and a Samoan Drop and a Moonsault misses. Corner Dropkick by Drake and a Helter Skelter by the Grizzled Young Veterans. Can't even describe the Helter Skelter to you. I'm not going to try. Low Bridge by Fish and a Cannonball Knee by O'Reilly. High Low by the Undisputed Era and all four men get into the ring and start trading. Blows. There's a double knee strike by the Undisputed Era. Imperium show up on the balcony. And here's the thing. As much as I make the joke, and I, and I joke lightly because I like NXT UK. It's just there's not enough hours in the day for me to keep up with it. But for Imperium's music to hit, for the big bright white light to hit that, that balcony area where they are, because they're all dressed in the black and white, and the, and the bright white light just has an effect when you're just wearing nothing but black and white. But that music, that classical music, I, um, I never remember to write down what the piece of music is actually called, but the crowd knows it, and the crowd sings along with it. That dun, 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 dun. I shouldn't be doing that, but you guys know what I mean. It's enough of a distraction that the Grizzled Young veterans, veterans hit the ticket to Mayhem, and the Grizzled Young Veterans get the win. What I love about this, because uh, Zach Gibson is such an asshole, and he was such an asshole on the mic last week, and spoiler alert, he's going to be an asshole on the mic later on tonight too. Every time they do something good, the crowd pops for it, but they pop for it with a You Still Suck chant. So the You Still Suck chant, as, as cliche and as sort of tacky as it is, was sustained through this entire match, and it was great. The Grizzly Young Veterans get the win. Undisputed Era are not hurt at all by the loss because they're still the champions at the end of the day. I mean, all four of the Undisputed Era are champions. How can it possibly go wrong? Anyways, we see a video package on Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, bringing us up to date on how they came together, how Storm followed Ripley across the pond, as they say, to come to NXT proper and challenge her for Worlds Collide. They also go back and show a lot of the, you know, the May Young Classic stuff, the NXT UK stuff with them trading the belt back and forth. It's really, really good. With things like the May Young Classic, with things like people developing in NXT UK before they even come to NXT, they're building their own um, video montage packages, and it's really, really good. It sort of, it counteracts the fact that they don't probably have very much footage to make packages out of, of these people before they came in to NXT. So they're creating... WWE's creating their own history with NXT and now NXT UK. And that's that's a good thing, isn't it? But, what if I am a Grinch, and people have called me much worse, the next bit just made my heart grow three sizes that day. Backstage promo with my girl Shotzi Blackheart. It's not really a backstage thing. It's a, it's a video package with her narrating over top of it. But it talks about you know, her not being an underdog and how she debuted and the debut didn't go the way she wanted to, but in the in the Battle Royal, she might not have won, but she had the biggest moment in the Battle Royal, which is absolutely true. And the fact that she's going to be facing Shayna Baszler tonight, which made me perk up my ears. And I'm, I can only be honest with you guys when I'm listening to this and ah, she's talking shit. She's she's benefiting from that from that toss out that she had last week. And then she says she's facing her tonight. And I'm like, excuse me, what now? As a fan of Shotzi Blackheart, as somebody that was excited that she was coming to NXT, as somebody who was told, no, she's not, Spuzz, you're an idiot, derpa derpa derp. Okay, here's the video of William Regal offering her a job, dickheads. Um, but as that Shotzi Blackheart fan, I was like, excuse me, what now? We're going to get her versus Baszler. And I thought this might be Baszler's, you know, cast-off party. It wasn't, spoiler alert, but it, 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 it bears... 
it bears some sort of attention, especially from somebody like me who's seen her elsewhere. Now, speaking of the women's division, let's totally flip the script. Let's build towards Worlds Collide. Let's give a spotlight to Tony Storm and have Tony Storm face Io Shirai, who should be in the title picture and isn't just yet. Maybe Io Shirai should have got Bianca Belair's spot, but hey, hey, that's not for me to say, is it? Uh, Tony Storm comes out. It's weird. We're going to get to the end of this because the crowd in full sail. They did something I wasn't I wasn't expecting, I'm not going to lie. Collar and elbow tie up and a side headlock by Tony, an ankle lock by Shirai, a headlock takeover by Storm and slaps her to the face, and a drop kick by Shirai. This is the drop kick match, I'm just letting you know right now. Drop kick by Storm, uppercuts and a back elbow by Shirai, a drop kick by Shirai, mud hole stomp and knife edge chop, a neck vice by Shirai with a posted knee in the back. And when you get somebody that's as tall and long and lanky as, as, a, um, as a Tony Storm is, now I know... The internet abounds with pictures of her ass and how thick with two C's she is, but she's still taller and slimmer and more lanky than somebody like Neo Shirai, which makes those neck vices, those posted knee spots where you're pulling on the arms and the limbs and all, it makes them more exaggerated. It's like somebody facing Charlotte Flair because she's got the longer limbs and the longer body and she's taller and etc. So it really does, it does punctuate. I'm not saying that it changes the move or it makes it drastically new, but it does accentuate everything that that move is absolutely doing. Storm and Shirai, they trade some forearms for a little while. There's a side headlock by Shirai, a lariat by Shirai, and then we go to a commercial break. Coming back from the commercial break, we got Shirai with a modified crossface on Storm. Another dropkick, multiple... I can't read my own writing. Mudhole stomp and a double knees in the corner. Boot by Storm, German suplex release. Two lariats, a spin kick by Shirai, a drop kick out of the ring by Storm, and this is where the good part of this match ends because we can't have we can't have too much good shit. We have to ruin it a little bit. Bianca runs in, the match is over, and yeah, 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 she gets over, you know, EST, STD of NXT, whatever the hell it is. But you know what gets a bigger pop? Rhea Ripley coming out to deal with her ass, which is really, really good. They brawl, they're gonna fight later in Portland, so. Rhea's out here right now. One of her opponents, for, or sorry, her actual opponent for this Saturday is already down. She's sort of scrapping it up with her opponent for a couple weeks from now. Shirai, who's not in any title scenario, just takes out both of them. And then Tony Storm comes in and takes out all three of them. Now, here's the funny thing about all this. Here is where the, the NXT loyals will really tell you, will really tell you what they think. Because for now... As awesome as Tony Storm is, and as much of a fucking star as I've always said she is, along with Rhea Ripley, she is still the NXT UK star in this story. She is still the outsider. So with everybody else down, when she grabbed that belt and sort of looked at it and held it for a minute and whatever, one of those moments would usually get either a cheer or a, or a let them fight or, a, or even a ooh, that's interesting, from the crowd. She got viciously booed in full sail, and you could see her sort of with, with a sarcastic expression letting it all sink in. I don't think they were expecting that. Now, once again, she's the outside. She's the away team. Rhea Ripley's the home team. Now, we forget that Rhea Ripley a couple of months ago was also the away team, but that's another story for another day. Very, very interesting to see how entrenched the NXT audience has become in Rhea Ripley. I love it, but I didn't think they would turn on Tony Storm that hard because she hasn't had that many matches. She's been involved in the Survivor Series build. She's been involved in some other things. 
uh, other Worlds Collide stories or uh, uh, specials that they've done have had Tony Storm on them. She was involved in that Six Woman a couple weeks ago, but I didn't think they would. I didn't think they would turn on her like that. I, and that was I found that to be really. I don't. I don't hate it. I don't hate it, but it's. It's very, very interesting. Undisputed Era are shown in the back. They're all kind of freaking out. They're ranting about Imperium. They're ranting about how they could have won the Dusty Classic two years, in, or not two years in a row, but two years, you know, two-time two time Dusty Rhodes Classic winners they could have been, is what I'm trying to say, if I could possibly speak. Adam Cole takes the reins of the interview and sort of regroups them. Hey, we, you know, we got... We got fucked by Imperium. That sucks. We'll deal with them on Saturday. Right now, we got to focus on Roddy. We got to focus on Keith Lee. We got to focus on this title match later on tonight. That is the new direction of the Undisputed Era, which is fine. We're moving forward. You see some ring, or not, not ring generalship, but some general generalship from Adam Cole, which is really, really good. And he wasn't doing it in a in a dickhead like I'm the leader. You guys all need to follow me. It's like generally like wake up. We got other things we got to worry about. That wasn't for a belt even. We got to worry about this belt. <sighs> Getting excited because I really like this show. Balor has to have a match. Balor has a match this Saturday against Ilya Dragunov, who I couldn't tell you much about other than he's decent in the ring, and he's crazy. And he had a really good match with Cesaro at a takeover they had last year, because Cesaro randomly showed up in NXT UK and was over as fuck compared to what he's doing here. Now he's being the sidekick to Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn, but that's fine. We could do a whole video of the downfall of either former NXT stars or stars that should have been in NXT. I don't... That's another story for another day. We're building towards Balor versus Dragunov on Saturday, so Balor has to have a match. It's probably going to be a squash, and ah, they brought out Joaquin Wild. I just, I, I feel the fool, don't I? Because when I heard they were getting DJZ, I didn't think they were going to make him a main event or anything like that. But I thought he was going to get something, maybe eventually get into the North American title picture, etc. I mean, that 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 is what it is. We'll get there. It's fine. But, Jesus Christ, did he get squashed. I'm going to tell you, he got one move in, in this entire match. We're going to get to it. Color double time, a shot to the back by Balor. Balor stomps the chest and chops in the corner. Balor gets one boot by Joaquin Wild, and then follows it up with a drop kick, and then a shotgun drop kick, and then a coup de grace, and then a 1916, and Balor gets the win, and that's the story. And Joaquin Wild just showed up to be a pillow. Like, that's what he did. When you got kids... You know, the kids that are told, don't try this at home, and they don't try it on each other because they know their mom or dad is going to yell at them and they go practice on a pillow instead. Joaquin Wild was a pillow tonight, and that really sucks. We see Baszler in the back talking some shit about Shotzi Blackheart, how, you know, everybody thinks I'm going somewhere, but I'm not. I'm staying right here. I'm going to be Shayna three times, which sounds like a lot of overcompensating for somebody who's probably going to be in the Women's Royal Rumble and probably win it. You know, she's going to take out everybody, and if she has to start with Shotzi Blackheart, that's fine. We see a video package on DIY, because DIY are taking on the Mustache Mountain. The Mustache Mountain, because I'm an idiot. DIY are taking on Mustache Mountain on Saturday, which is probably going to be one of the Dark Horse matches of the night. Just putting it out there. But then we get on to Shayna Baszler versus Shotzi Blackheart. The the reigning, impenetrable, two-time uh, two Shayna Baszler Women's champion, Shayna Baszler. I can't speak tonight. Just just go with it. Versus Shotzi Blackheart, 
who's had like a match and a half on TV. Collar now will tie up and a takedown by Baszler, and she works the wrist immediately, threatening to do the joint manipulation that she does. I thought she was going to go for the Baszler stomp, but she didn't. Some chain wrestling, and both men, or sorry, both women target the other one's leg and ankle, which I thought was interesting. Um, I mean, you, you get into that sort of thing. It's like getting into a punching match with the big show. It's not something you really want to do, Baszler being the submission specialist and all. Baszler works on the arm. Uh, Shotzi low bridges her and tosses her out and we talk about the battle royal last week and I laugh pendulum kick by Shotzi but Baszler tosses her out and we talk some more about the battle royal and I talk a lot and I and I laugh a lot at them they repeatedly on Raw or Smackdown when we're building towards the Royal Rumble every person that wins or loses a match tosses their opponent out at the end and it's symbolic we're going to the Royal Rumble this is what's going to happen to you but this was like, this is what happened to you last week. It was reverse Royal Rumble booking, and it still somehow made sense, which is really good. Face Buster on the apron by Baszler, a shot to the back of the neck, which was really nasty. A front face lock by Baszler, they start trading some forearms. Snake Eyes by Shotzi, and a step-up knee, and a stunner. Inseguri by Shotzi, and a face-first slam. Slice bread number two off the edge of the apron by Shotzi Blackheart on Shayna Baszler made me smile a whole bunch. Shotzi's senton off the top misses. She gets caught in the Karafuda clutch. And after a really, really resilient attempt to counter it, she does tap out to the... To the Karafood clutch to Shayna Baszler. She did not get the win I wanted, but but I swear to you guys, and I will not say that it's match of the year quality. I will not say that it's going to be in your top 10 women's matches of all time, but as somebody that's brand new to NXT, and yes, my bias is showing, I don't care. I really, really don't. If you didn't see NXT, I mean, obviously you wouldn't be watching this video, probably, but if you didn't catch this match specifically, I do really, really encourage you to to go back and check out this match. I like Shotzi Blackheart. Obviously, NXT likes Shotzi Blackheart to give her a showcase like this against somebody who was pushed as strongly as Shayna Baszler. Um, they're going to do something with her. Uh, and this is very much, you know, she needs a showcase. Balor needed a showcase against Joaquin Wild, and Joaquin Wild got one boot in. Sh Shotzi needed a showcase, and she got this with Shayna Baszler. This was, this was really decent. Obviously, Baszler pissed off, you know, sort of trying to sell that she was taken to the limit by this newcomer. Um, wouldn't release the hold even after the after the ring was over. I thought for a second they were going to do the thing where the referee punishes her for not letting go by reversing the decision, but I don't want somebody like Shotzi Blackheart getting their big win that way, so I'm glad they didn't do it. Uh, we have a, a two-way uh, pre-recorded promo between Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai talking about how they all fell out and, and how they used to be friends and now they're not, rah 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 We got a highlight pack on Mustache Mountain because we got a highlight pack on DIY and they're going to face on Sunday, or on Saturday, sorry, Sunday's the Rumble, Saturday is, is this. Then we talked to Angel Garza in the back about his fatal four-way match on Saturday as well. The other two participants have been announced, so it's going to be Angel Garza versus Swerve Scott versus Jordan Devlin versus Travis Banks, the only Banks in WWE that matters. That's going to be a really good match. I have a theory on this match that's going to come up in the preview that we do later on this week. I'm going to save it for there. I'm not going to do it now. Uh, Jordan Devlin may have something in common with Tony Storm. That's all I'm going to say. Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle 
for the other spot in the final of the Dusty Classic. Now, we get some we get some news about the Dusty Classic at the end of this match that really, again, sort of bummed me out, sort of threw me for a loop, uh, was not what I thought it was going to be, was not what I expected to hear. Uh, but yeah, Pete Dunne and Fabian Eichner, they start off the match, they start off with some chain wrestling, Barthel works the arm and pulling back on the jaw as well, because, you know, if somebody's already working on your arm, you know, you don't want them already grabbing onto your jaw. As well, a hip toss by Fabian, a lariat by Dunne, an assisted senton by Riddle. The teamwork between Dunne and Riddle for a brand new team is absolutely, it's hilarious how good it is. Uh, gut wrench suplexes by boat for both men by Riddle, Broton by Riddle, a corner beatdown by Barthel, hard forearms by Riddle, a boot by Drew, and a dropkick, a suplex by Dunn, stomping the fingers and follows it up with a crucifix bomb, an X-plex on the apron, and as he's on the apron, as he falls out to the outside, Pete Dunn has a stare down with Walter, which only really makes any sense or has any weight to it if you A, just recognize that Walter's a big dude on the outside that could interfere, B, you're really, really familiar with the Brit Rest scene, which I'm not, or C, you saw these guys fight when Walter took the title off of Dunn. All of those things come into play here. Fabian knee strikes Dunn into the stairs as we go to the commercial break. As we come back from the break, Insiguri by Barthel, forearm smash by Dunn, double team mud hole stomps by Imperium, Insiguri by Dunn, knee strikes by Imperium for Riddle, exploder suplexes by Riddle for both members of Imperium, Broton for both men, deadlift cradle suplex for both men, double dropkick by Imperium, and a wheelbarrow assisted DDT was Beautiful. Not something I've really seen before. Get him up in the wheelbarrow position where you think you're going to wheelbarrow suplex him, but no, you just let your partner drop him on his face instead. Fucking wonderful. We get a double submission spot where Dunn locks on a Kimura and Riddle locks on the ankle lock, but a double spear by... The, sorry, that gets broken up. Obviously, one of them gets to the ropes and they all sort of fall into each other. I hate that. That is a little bit of a contrived thing. When you have that moment in a tag team match where both members of a team have both members of the other team in submission moves, one person will sort of kind of roll out of the submission and it'll cause everybody to kind of roll into each other like we're fucking tumbleweeds. I don't like that. I don't like it on the main roster. I wouldn't like it in AEW and I don't like it here. I gotta be fair. Uh, Dunn and Riddle come back with a double spear. Jackhammer by Riddle. Brainbuster by Fabian. But the knee, the powerbomb, the knee again by Riddle leads to the bitter end high knee combination by Riddle and Dunn and that's enough to get them the win they get up to the to the rampway uh imperium are sort of consoling themselves in the ring riddle and dunn are posing over by the trophy oh look they're waiting by the trophy for a long time what could possibly happen could their opponents possibly come out um gibson and drake come back out gibson cuts a promo on all of them cuts a promo specifically on pete dunn which 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 was interesting because Pete Dunne used to be from NXT UK. He sort of ignores Riddle for a while. Like, Let me cut a promo specifically on you, Pete Dunne. You're not only the you were not only delusional enough to think that you were the best guy in NXT UK, but you were the most selfish guy in NXT UK. And then Dunne was basically says, "Yeah, but every time you fought me, I beat you. You've never won any singles title, etc." And then. You know, Gibson goes on to call all the people in in full sale. Basically, he's making fun of the Americans in general. Calls them all neckbeards, which is great. Um, makes fun of their name. You know, the broser weights is dumb. Are you going to call them joint manipulation? Which is the first thing I heard from what culture. So if they're going to go with that, then cool. Matt Riddle says, you know, man, I I heard you say joint. And after that, I just sort of drifted off. 
a little bit, which is fucking wonderful. And Pete Dunn grabs the microphone and says, Pete Dunn, in his wherever the hell he is from in the UK accent, saying, you're going to lose again, bro, just killed me. Just Pete Dunn and Matt Riddle, they shouldn't work as a tag team. They really shouldn't work as a team tag team, but they absolutely do work as a tag team. And as as they mentioned on commentary, I mean, they may be telegraphing the end a little bit, but the 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 odds and the favors usually go to these awkwardly constructed teams in the Dusty Classic. If you go back to the first one with Balor and and Joe, and then you go on to a team like Ricochet and Alistair Black. They should win. I like the Grizzled Young Veterans. I like Zach Gibson specifically. He's another guy I'd love to see come over and just do something awesome in uh, on the NXT main roster. But, I mean, Dunn and Riddle are going to win. Uh, are we really, really thinking that the Grizzled Young Veterans are going to win here? I... And I don't want to say it like that, because the whole time I've been saying how great is it that they're bringing NXT UK along for the ride. They're they're giving them the, the platform that Raw and SmackDown was giving them a couple of years ago. Uh, and it's, all, it's, it's a weird sort of positive pay-it-forward type thing that they're trying to do. But it's, it's going to go over like a wet fart in church if the Grizzly Young Veterans win the entire Dusty Classic. And when will we find out who won the Dusty Classic? The entire time. The entire time we've been talking about the Dusty Classic, especially with the inclusion of the guys from the UK, I figured the Dusty Classic was going to end at Worlds Collide because you've got an NXT team. Yeah, Pete Dunn is a UK guy as well, but you've got the NXT team with, with Dunn and Riddle. You've got the Grizzled Young Veterans who are the NXT UK team. That's a Worlds Collide match. But no. No, we're getting the finals of the Dusty Classic next week on NXT. I don't like that. I, I really don't. You want to give this you want to give this title prestige, you want to give this tournament prestige, you want to give obviously this respect to uh, to Dusty Rhodes, etc. This final should be on the pay-per-view. There's only five matches on the main card, one match on the pre-show for this show. For a for a card that is the battle of two brands and yeah, you can make the the bragging rights comparison you can make these more recently you can make the survivor series comparison and and how that's sort of dr driven into the ground a little bit but the 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 coming together of two brands to establish uh which one is the is the better brand is the more which is the real nxt type of thing it can afford to be a little bit bigger than a regular takeover i'm i'm also kind of bummed out that this isn't called takeover worlds collide because this is a takeover worthy card we're going to talk about it when we're done talking about this show. It's a TakeOver-worthy card, so it should be called TakeOver Worlds Collide. Uh, it's not, but... Uh, I don't know. It should, be, it should be on the card. It should be on the card. This will probably main event next week's show, and that's fine. It, it, if it's not going to be on the card at the pay-per-view, it should be the main event of the next week's show. But next week's show, we already know we're getting Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai, and the way that's been built, that should main event a show, too. So, as I say, as biased as I am towards NXT, and as much as I love NXT, and as much as NXT is better than Raw, SmackDown, Impact, AEW, and NXT UK, um, I can't not point out that I, this, is, this is a shit move. This is a really shit move. Unless these teams show up on the kickoff and demand that the final happens on the pay-per-view, which is what it should do, I, I don't know. 
I like NXT. I'm harder on them when they fuck up than I am with Raw, SmackDown, Impact, AEW, NXT UK, because I have so much more respect for this brand. So, when they do a stupid thing like this that I think is really, really dumb, I have to point it out. I have to say, this should be on the card. I haven't said it enough, but this should be on the card. There's... This is me brain farting, because I have nothing else to say about it. I think this is such a wildly, fantastically stupid decision. Anyways, Roderick Strong versus Keith Lee in our main event for the North American Championship. They come out. Roderick Strong is there with all of the Undisputed Era. Most of this match was fought with an, okay, when is the Undisputed Era going to get involved mentality. Keith Lee's out there by himself. I would have liked to have seen, because Undisputed Era is such an established threat at this point on NXT... And because Keith Lee has shown himself to have allies in the back, like Dominic Dijakovic, like Tommaso Ciampa at certain points, not only people that have his back, but people that have issues and access to grind with the Undisputed Era, I thought you could do some sort of interwoven storytelling there where he had some people in his corner as well, so he's not all alone. We told the story a little while ago on SmackDown about how Roman Reigns is the locker room leader, but he has no friends. And Keith Lee felt a little bit like that coming out tonight. We know he's injured. The ankle is going to be the story. And oh my God, the ankle is the story of this match. But we go. We start. We start off with the with with the power of Keith Lee. Obviously, Strong tries to do a single leg, and it's kind of funny. And then he slaps Keith Lee in the face, which is even funnier. Lee mauls him around the ring for a little bit. Huge corner chops, huge tosses, and eventually he single arm tosses him out of the ring as we go to the commercial break. As we come back from the commercial break. Hard cross body by Lee, clubs to the back of the neck. Strong drop kicks the ankle, and here's where we start. He drop kicks the ankle so that he's prone on the apron. Hits him with a wrecking ball drop kick. Strong works the bad ankle against the steps and eventually I didn't write this down on my notes I just remember it he eventually did the thing where they pull the steps out and they stick his foot in between the ring post and the ring steps and you crush it in there like that and it's really good Strong gets him back in the ring and stomps on the ankle some more. There's a single leg crowd by Strong. A dragon screw and he stomps on the ankle some more. They trade some punches and Strong splashes on the foot off the bottom rope. Ankle locked by Strong and who hits him with a boot and hits him with an enziguri. Series of forearms by Strong and then he transitions from the ankle lock to a knee bar. Let's just twist your leg every single possible direction we can twist your leg. Pop-up power slam by Lee, you know, selling the, the adrenaline of it all. He hits a twisting twisting power slam, but he sells it. He crumples as he does the power slam. He's selling. He's doing really good. Single arm spine buster by Lee. Now, this is my only... If a generic slam made you crumple, a single arm spine buster, which requires more elevation and more force, should have crumpled him down to the ring a second time. But... To fix that, we have Bobby Fish, when the referee is distracted, coming in and shot-blocking the injured ankle. DDT by Strong, body shots by Lee, and a gigantic headbutt. We, uh, we try a couple times. It takes Roderick Strong a couple of attempts, but we eventually get a second rope angle slam by Strong. And uh, Lee gets up to sort of one knee and one leg and just sort of manages to sort of Upward, do an upward version of that double chop. I think they call it the Grizzly Magnum. I don't know why. Lee pounces strong over the top rope into the rest of the Undisputed Era. There's your gif. There is your 
highlight reel. There's your thumbnail. There's your GIF of the night. Lee pouncing strong onto Fish, O'Reilly, and Cole. Lariat by Lee. A second rope moonsault misses, which should affect the leg even more. Ankle lock by Strong, but a one-punch knockdown by Lee gets him out of that. I don't mind that because it's not his arm that's been worked on. So if you want to hit a one-punch knockdown on Strong to get out of an ankle lock, that's that's okay by me. High knee by Strong and a single leg dropkick, but one last burst of adrenaline, and we get a gigantic twisting body slam by Keith Lee, and Keith Lee does go down for the one, two, three, and Keith Lee is your new, uh, I was going to say United States champion there, because I'm an idiot, North NXT North American champion, which is all which is all good, and he has a long pause, and I don't know why they recorded it this way. They shot him up the ramp, uh, whoever the cameraman was, and they shot the, they took the shot so that he was in sort of one side, and there was a lot of empty space, and subliminally, I was thinking, that means somebody's going to run in and jump him. Maybe that was a, a recording error, that maybe that was a cameraman error, I'm the last person, look, look at this shit that I've got here, I'm the last person that's going to tell a cameraman how to do their job, but the shot just looked weird, the shot looked like somebody else was about to run out, either somebody was going to attack him, and he was immediately going to have a next feud, or those people that I mentioned before, like the Dijakovics and the Chompas, and maybe even the Garganos and some of the, you know, happy clappy baby faces of the mid-card can come out and celebrate with him. Maybe somebody like a Leo Rush, who I was hoping was going to be with him in the Dusty Classic, and that never happened. It's fine. I'm over it. But that didn't happen either. What we did have is Imperium at ringside, staring down the already kind of broken Undisputed Era, and... They slowly step in the ring. They both talk some shit. The brawl explodes. It's wonderful. The big, big, big chops by Walter, who still looks like Michael Hamlet from What Culture. Um, and the brawl takes us off. The brawl, obviously, is is the, the eight guys that are going to fight in the main event at Worlds Collide. But it was cool that they were able to do that while still giving Keith Lee a, a, a prolonged moment to enjoy his title win. If we go back to TLC, one of the big criticisms of TLC was they cut quickly from the Kabuki Warriors win to the brawl with Corbin and Roman in the big spear spot out of the crowd. I don't think that was personally an issue because stuff like that happens at the end of pay-per-views more often than we remember, especially in the early days of NXT. How many times did a main event end and a brand new star that nobody knew was there just comes out on the ramp to basically say, I'm here. Um, but I will say, people were making the assertion that that took the moment away from the Kabuki Warriors and their win, especially when we find out afterwards what happened to Kyrie Sane, and that's terrible. Um, th that didn't happen here, because you did have a brawl, because you did have to go forward and, and promote this pay-per-view that's happening on Saturday, but they lingered on the victorious image of, of Keith Lee for quite a bit, and that was really cool. And I'm happy for Keith Lee. I, I, I do I do want to get into Jordan Miles's DMs and and ask him to defend his assertions that NXT is racist, but that's another conversation for another day, and I'm an asshole. But what do we have coming out of this? What do we have to look forward to on Saturday? As the card sits right now, unless they announce something else on the night, which is very, very likely to happen, we have on the kickoff, which they didn't mention at all tonight, which was kind of a, kind of a bummer. Kaylee Ray defending the NXT UK Women's Championship against Mia Yim. 
on the kickoff. What a kick in the nuts that is. Ilya Dragunov versus Finn Balor. Mustache Mountain versus DIY. Angel Garza versus Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Travis Banks, the only Banks in WWE that matters, versus Jordan Devlin. Rhea Ripley versus Tony Storm for the NXT Women's Championship. And the Undisputed Era versus Imperium four on four. And then we go to next week's NXT where we've got Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox taking their rivalry, whatever that the next step of that rivalry is. And you've got the Grizzled Young Veterans versus Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle for the finals of the Dusty Classic, which is going to be awesome. Even though it's happening in the wrong place at the wrong time, it's going to be awesome. And I hope it main events and the girls are going to be sort of the sub main event. And that kind of sucks because as I say, they should have their own, they should have left it out a week. Do the Dusty Classic next week, even though it's dumb. Let Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai have their uh, their grudge match the following week. Both of those deserve to main event. In my opinion, if you just look at the stories, I mean, the Dusty Rhodes Classic is a story on its own, but Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox, the whole breakup of that friendship, the injury angles, and how it went all through Survivor Series or whatever, that should be that should be on a pay-per-view. That, that match needs to get fucked up next week. I'm sorry, I'm going on a ramble now. That match needs to get fucked up next week so they can do it properly at NXT Portland. I'm, I'm making bold proclamations. This is the brand I love, but they did a lot of weird, weird things tonight. They did a lot of cool things. Really cool things. Shotzi Blackheart, my girl, looking really, really, really good against Shayna Baszler. Uh, everything else that happened in that first match up to and not quite including the interference of Bianca Belair. The Dusty Classic tag matches tonight were really good. The Balor squash of Joaquin Wilde. I could have done without, because I hope they do something with Joaquin Wilder. He's going to be one of those guys angry on Twitter that he's got a WWE contract. Anyways, I've rambled for far long enough. What did you think of tonight's show? Put it down in the box below, or if you're watching live, put it over in the chat. What are your predictions for Worlds Collide? What are your predictions for the Royal Rumble in general? I'll be talking about all these things in the next day or two, but for right now, I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there, talk down there, start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I will talk to each and every last one of you later, but for right now, I'm tagging out. Bye, guys. Sunshine,